Former President Li Denghui was laid to his final resting place at Wuzhi Military Cemetery on Wednesday morning. The funeral was attended by his family as well as government officials, including the president and vice president of Taiwan. Flags were flown at half-staff throughout the day in honor of one of the most influential figures in Taiwan history. It's Wednesday at 8.20. The late president's family files out of his mountain villa. Holding a portrait of Lee is his grandson-in-law, James Chow. Lee's granddaughter carries an urn containing her grandfather's remains. Members of Lee's former security detail stand to bid him farewell. This is a final assignment for the late president. Military police on motorcycles lead the procession as Lee's hearse makes its way to the Uji Mountain Military Cemetery. President Tsai Ing-wen was already at the cemetery dressed in black. She and Vice President Lai Ching-de were both at the burial to send Li off. Tsai bowed three times, showing her respect for the former president. The ceremony continued with a Christian rite. Former President Lee previously said he would like his ashes to be scattered on Yushan. What that meant to signify was his affinity for the land of Taiwan, his wish to become one with this land. We also hope that his Yushan spirit will inspire every person in Taiwan to love and give their all for this land. A gun salute and a bugle call. One of the most pivotal figures in Taiwan's modern history was laid to rest at Uji Mountain. Flags in Taiwan were flown at half-staff on Wednesday to mark a day of national mourning and remembrance. Over the past year, TSMC has been buying up land and facilities to support expansion in Xinju Science Park and the Southern Taiwan Science Park. The chipmaker has not only added jobs to the local market, it has also driven up housing prices. Housing prices near Xinju Science Park have been seeing a dramatic rise. In 2018, Wanping went for 240,000 NT. That's now up by more than 6 percent to 258,000 NT per ping. Over in Tainan, housing prices are also rising fast. A 10 billion NT investment from TSMC has sent prices soaring 15.6 percent since the second quarter of 2019. A top economics official has become the star of a viral internet meme. Luckily, Deputy Economics Minister Chen Zhenqi doesn't seem too faced by his newfound fame. The official was recently caught on camera during a frosty encounter between the president and the mayor of Taipei, and his face says more than a thousand words. At a Microsoft presentation, Chen was a guest of honor. He's recently been nicknamed Woody online after a brief video became a global meme. In the last few days, I've been caught up in a tidal wave of the digital variety. I haven't had a clue what's going on. I'm just standing atop this digital tidal wave and being carried along by it for days. I don't dare to pick up when the phone rings. 
His self-deprecating remarks were on topic for the IT event and gave his audience a good chuckle. Most had probably seen the video in question. It was a meeting of the World Taiwanese Chambers of Commerce at the end of September. Chen stood beside President Tsai Ing-wen and her rival, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe. Chen glances back and forth as the two raise their hands but don't, in the end, shake them. His polite, embarrassed smile and swiveling eyes drew comparisons to Sheriff Woody Pride from Pixar's Toy Story franchise. Chen insists he wasn't thinking about anything in particular, but the moment has taken on a life of its own, generating a crop of internet memes that revel in the awkwardness. I can only feel the utmost admiration and astonishment at the creativity of our friends on the internet. I got a line message from my son, saying his friends shared the photo with him on Facebook. Now a Hong Kong social media hub with 42 million fans on Facebook has posted this set of three photos as a caption competition. Whether Chen likes it or not, the popularity of the meme may only be in its infancy. The 2020 Citizen Sports Games are almost here. This year, the setting is none other than the beautiful scenery of Hualien. These games for the general public will kick off on October 17th and showcase 28 events over six days. More than 15,000 people are expected to converge on Hualien to watch the action. Against the backdrop of Hualien's majestic landscapes, rowers cut a path through the water. The county is the perfect setting for the 2020 Citizen Sports Games. There are 28 events. We've renovated the facilities and got all the departments of the county working together for the games, including tourism, culture, agriculture, environmental protection, and education. The game's eight prestigious trophies have been revealed. Sculpted of marble, they will be a special honor for the winning athletes. The design scheme features Taiwan's pink, green, and gold, and the uniform is a nod to Hualien's mountainous scenery. The Heimian duck mascots, Ping Ping and An An, appeared on stage with the ambassadors, six Hualien canoers who make up Taiwan's dragon boat team. When I saw the recorded intro, I felt my heart already flying to Hualien. I'm sure the games will be extremely successful. Everyone can enjoy the beautiful mountains and waters of Hualien, and even further, all the sports events of Hualien. Of course, we've also brought in tourism so that we could organize little day trips and half day trips. The organizers hope the games will tempt more holidaymakers to Hualien shores. The county and sports administration expect it will bring at least 15,000 people into the area. All 13 Taiwan reservoirs are running low after sparse rainfall and the total absence of typhoons during the traditional wet season. The Feitre and Shimen reservoirs have dipped below 50% capacity. Zhengwen Reservoir, Taiwan's largest, is now below 35%. On Wednesday, Taiwan's Water Resources Authority announced first-phase water rationing in select areas. Let's hear from a spokesman. For the first time since 1964, we have gone through the wet season with no typhoons or relatively heavy rain. As a result, water supplies are low at reservoirs across Taiwan. In the areas of Taoyuan, Xinzhu, Miaoli and Taichung, we will reduce the water pressure at night starting October 14th. 
Wang Yifeng is the deputy director general of Water Resources Agency. He says that dialing down the pressure at night will reduce water loss through leaky pipes. He says the measure will cut total water use by some three to five percent. With the dry season coming up, officials are urging locals to conserve water. Students and faculty of National Central University have built a miniature satellite that they plan to send into space this December. It's called IdeaSat, and it was developed in a collaboration with U.S. and Indian aerospace researchers. IdeaSat's first mission will be to collect measurements of the Earth's ionosphere, which can be used to improve earthquake prediction and GPS accuracy. 过去这二十年，卫星有一种小型化的趋势。Wearing gloves and laboratory scrubs, he gives a detailed overview of IdeaSat, an observation satellite developed by a team at National Central University. It's not your usual scientific spacecraft, but rather much, much smaller. IdeaSat will carry on the long legacy of space science and research that we have here at National Central University. It will be deployed to observe the structure and changes of the ionosphere at the upper atmosphere of our planet. The structure of the ionosphere affects the accuracy of satellite communications and global navigation satellite systems, as well as telecommunications. Led by Professor Lauren Chang, a National Central University team developed the satellite in collaboration with the University of Colorado at Boulder and the Indian Institute of Space Science and Technology. IdeaSat can provide measurements of the Earth's ionosphere, which can be used to improve earthquake prediction, satellite communications, and navigation accuracy and academic data analysis. It's carrying on the legacy of nearly a half century of scientific effort, along with our technological progress from the last 30 years. The space industry is the bright star of tomorrow. The structural design of IdeaSat gives students a great hands-on opportunity to develop expertise in systems engineering. From the software to the hardware to the payload, developing and then launching the IdeaSat will cost about 50 million NT, with funding supported by the government. Through the process of building the microsatellite, students and professors gain practical experience in satellite systems engineering. The work will also expand Taiwan's space science research capabilities. That now this spacecraft is really high up in the sky. Are you excited? Excited. At least I'm excited to see it on the way up. Students and faculty plan to launch the satellite this December, sending it into a 500-kilometer sun-synchronous orbit. Will the liftoff succeed? You'll have to stay tuned. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs has released a five-minute video showcasing Taiwan's recent accomplishments in public health, diplomacy, and economic development. The video, titled "Working Together to Lead Taiwan Forward," was produced to celebrate the 2020 National Day on October 10th. The film opens with a coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan, China, which went on to shape global events. Taiwan leapt to take precautions, rolling out a real-name mask rationing system and ensuring information transparency. The strategies worked. As we face the threat of COVID-19, our entire country has worked together to bring the domestic outbreak under control. Once its spread was controlled, Taiwan reached out a helping hand to the international community. It donated personal protective equipment to diplomatic allies, like-minded countries, and other nations in need, demonstrating in concrete ways that Taiwan can help and Taiwan is helping. The second part of the video is titled "Global Support for Taiwan's Democracy." It spotlights democratic achievements since the 2020 presidential election, when President Tsai Ing-wen won a second term. 
We have always persisted in the values of democracy and freedom, no matter the challenges ahead of us. My congratulations to Heads of state and other officials from friendly nations sent in congratulatory messages affirming the success of Taiwan's democracy. The film showcased other democratic milestones in the recent past. After China implemented its security law for Hong Kong, Taiwan set up the Taiwan Hong Kong Office for Exchange and Services to support and assist Hong Kong's people. Even as China continues its squeeze on Taiwan's diplomatic space, Taiwan's government has continued to deepen its partnerships with allies and like-minded nations in a steady, gradual approach it calls steadfast diplomacy. One step in the advancement of steadfast diplomacy is Taiwan's opening of a representative office in Somaliland, which did the same in Taipei. Another step was the visit of a Czech delegation led by the country's legislative speaker Miloš Vystrichil. The film concludes with a section called Team Taiwan Working as One. It highlights progress in medical technology, driverless cars, 5G, information security, renewable energy and other fields in the six core strategic industries of the Taiwan economy. This year's National Day fireworks will be set off from Yuguang Island in Tainan. According to locals, a prime location for viewing the extravaganza will be a levee along the Yanshui River. The levee sits right across from Yuguang Island with views of the open sea. Its upwind location affords a viewing experience free of firework smoke. Also, the area is just outside the perimeter where road traffic will be closed starting Saturday afternoon. Already, dozens of camera tripods have been set up by early birds who want to get a great shot on the big day. And now, where do you get, where do you go to buy fresh fish and seafood? Maybe at a traditional market or a supermarket. How about at a convenience store? In recent months, convenience stores have begun offering fresh seafood for the first time in a partnership with the National Fishermen's Association. It's part of a widespread trend for the street corner stores to offer more and more of the products sold at traditional supermarkets. Freshly grilled seafood out of the cooker, now on offer at the end of your street. Convenience stores are working with the National Fishermen's Association to provide almost 20 seafood products, including milkfish, porgy, and white leg shrimp. They're vacuum-wrapped at source and delivered straight to stores, available to commuters any time of the day or night. When I finish work and go to the market, they're sold out, but I can just grab one here at the convenience store. To see fresh fish catch at the convenience store, I just want to grab it. Bang! Compared to the same period last year, in the last six months, our sales grew by about 20%. At another store, there's a wide range of fresh fruit, vegetables, and meat. Because of the coronavirus, people are all a little bit worried about going to a traditional market. At least we have a bit more control over the whole process with groceries at the convenience store, from the harvest to the supervision. 
There aren't necessarily lots of supermarkets in the local area, but in Taiwan we have the second densest distribution of convenience stores in the world. Consumers can go to the store very quickly, select the product they want and take it home. Since the coronavirus broke out, consumer habits have been gradually changing across the board. Safety and convenience are key. That's led convenience stores to encroach more and more on supermarket territory, hoping to get closer and closer to customers' hearts.